Justin Fields and select starters won't play on Saturday night against the Indianapolis Colts, but there'll still be plenty to watch for in the Bears' second preseason game. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we preview the Chicago Bears' second preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk about the decision not to play Justin Fields and some of the other starters in this game. We'll look at what we'll see in their place and who we want to see more from and what we want to see more of, including P.J. Walker. need to have more confidence in the Bears' backup quarterback. A couple of different other backups going to get some extended time against at least the Colts, whatever Colts starters we end up seeing in there. We want to see how the Bears' pass rush responds after a really strong preseason opener last weekend against you know against the week one preseason opponent there really got some things rolling including someone like Travis Gibson really going ham in a game against the Titans like that I want to see Tyreek Stevenson versus Terrell Smith who's expected to make his preseason debut and a lot of the other rookies right the rookie defensive tackles the rookie running back Roshan Johnson the rookie wide receiver Tyler Scott and much more but I want to start with this decision to not play Justin Fields. Matt Eberflus said, you know, they, they performed really well in joint practices. Joint practices are kind of like somewhere between a preseason game and a regular practice, you know, a little more intense against a real opponent, but Fields and company really doing well. And the Bears feeling like, you know what, we saw enough of those guys against the Indianapolis Colts. Don't need to see them in a preseason game exactly. You can just say, you know what, we saw enough from them for that. And then there's just the third preseason game, which Typically might be the game, this last preseason game, you might not play starters at all. So it's possible, we don't know, but it's possible Justin Fields is done for the whole preseason. For now, we know he's not going to play against the Indianapolis Colts. And the quote from Matt Eberflus was, selected starters also will not play. So some starters may play, and I imagine it tends to then be the younger starters that we would see out there. Perhaps a Darnell Wright, the rookie right tackle. Perhaps a Braxton Jones, the young left tackle. Perhaps Khalil Herbert a young running back in a running back competition. But, you know, the veterans in those groups, I wouldn't expect to see out there. And I don't know, as far as the Fields decision goes, I don't know that it's a huge deal, right? Is Justin Fields doing a couple drives against the Colts going to be the difference between him taking a big step forward this season or not? Probably not. It is some even low level of an injury risk. So I totally understand not putting him out there. I think... 
all of us would like to see more of Justin Fields just because it's fun, right? We want to see him go out and play well. And certainly even after last week, throwing three passes for two touchdowns, they, you know, people still found ways to criticize him and talk about air yards and, you know, him throwing screen passes or whatever. And of course, you know, not giving him any credit whatsoever, even though, you know, those kind of short passes were a difficulty last season. But regardless, we don't need to rehash all that. But still, like, would have been nice to see him come out and have another strong game. But by all means, I don't think you're going to see too many people upset by them protecting their quarterback. The main people upset, I think, would be Bears fans who have tickets to the game who wanted to see Fields. But from a practical standpoint, I think we all understand it. And I want to see P.J. Walker come out and have a better game. He struggled quite a bit against the Titans the first time around and left you feeling a little less confident in your backup quarterback situation. And, you know, is that something to be super upset about? Well, if your backup quarterback's in the game... We're probably pretty screwed anyway, if you know, right? Because if Fields isn't under center, then something terrible has happened in that process. And so, okay, are we going to panic about? You should be panicking, panicking about that, not panicking about whether PJ Walker will be any good filling in there. But still, you know, they chose to go with him instead of a guy like Trevor Simeon this offseason, who was here last year. It's supposed to be an upgrade in theory, and didn't look that way in the first preseason game. But it's a small sample size, and it's his first time ever playing in this offense, throwing to these receivers. I don't think anyone's writing off P.J. Walker fully there. So let's see him step up. Let's see him command sort of the almost starting offense. I mean, he will be the starter, but it's not, you know, the 10 regular starters around him, but the starter for this game. And let's see him come out, look a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more on the same page with these guys. And not that he needs to throw three for three for two touchdowns, but just a little bit more consistency than we saw Last week, especially when you saw a guy like Nathan Peterman come in and do all right. And Tyson Bajant, the fourth string quarterback, showed some flashes there that are certainly encouraging in that quarterback battle. So we'd like to see a little bit more there. We also know Cody Whitehair left practice on Thursday with an injury. Nothing too major, it seems like. But as a result, probably not going to see him play in this game either, among other veterans. So let's see what the offensive linemen do if they're playing against some Colts starters. Doug Kramer. The Illinois center is going to start center in this game with Lucas Patrick still out with injury as well. He's the third string center technically, but he'll be in there with the first team and he potentially will be going against first team defensive tackles. Played pretty well in the first preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. Let's see what kind of progress he's made. Let's see a little bit more against a higher level of competition and see if he can keep it up in this game and get you feeling like, okay, the Bears have multiple options at center that you can feel pretty comfortable with as far as the backups go. Assuming we're going to see some more of Jatiri Carter, as well, with Nate Davis still kind of ramping up back at practice. So you're going to have some younger guys on that offensive line. You want to see them pick up largely where they left off against the Titans, where I felt like the young guys, especially in the backup offensive line group, were showing a lot to like in that game. But the Colts will be another different test. And now guys that they've seen for a couple of practices, too. So they're not going in completely blind. Same thing goes for this Bears defense that the starters struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game against the Titans. But then the backup pass rush really came through with a bunch of sacks against multiple Titans quarterbacks. I want to see how that pass rush tries to follow up this performance. In particular, you know, a guy like Travis Gibson, who's fighting for his job, will kind of go through some of that dynamic as well as the cornerback battle that should heat up in this game. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% sure that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. So many people are on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm guessing you might be on LinkedIn. And if you're not, you know a bunch of people. And I bet most of your coworkers are on LinkedIn as well. So when you post your job on there, you're gonna get access to so many candidates, but they make it really easy to screen out just the right ones. They've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates that have just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires compared to their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Last week against the Titans, the Bears pass rush did not have Unique Ngakwe, did not have Demarcus Walker. And in this game, they might not have either one of them again. I mean, they're veterans. The Bears aren't playing certain starters. I, I don't know that we should expect either one of them to play. So then we would, in theory, see more Dominic Robinson, Rasheem Green, and then Travis Gibson came like a bat out of hell in that game and really, really fired off and looked like a guy fighting for his job. Uh, Terrell Lewis as well at defensive end had a couple of sacks, a couple of uh, hits on the quarterback there, looked really sharp. Like the backup pass rush in particular played well in that game. And that means something that does not mean nothing in this sense. And they also have, you know, a guy like DeAnthony Jones, an undrafted free agent had a few flashes in there too. So I want to see how this Bears pass rush responds. I think there was a perception that, you know, this Tennessee Titans offensive line, even the starters, not great. And when your starters are not great, then you're not going to have great backups either because if the backups were great, they would be good enough to start on an offensive line that starters aren't all that great. And so I think there's a little bit of a perception like, okay, maybe not that the, the pass rush, like the production the Bears had wasn't meaningful, but maybe the quality of opponent isn't on the high, it's on the lower end of the NFL offensive line spectrum. And you take on an Indianapolis Colts team that I certainly don't think is going to be like number one offensive line in the NFL, but perhaps a little more talent there, a little more consistency. They have some young guys that they really like. They've invested a number of draft picks in recent years on that group. And let's see the Bears pass rush do it again. Continue to build that confidence in that group. Let's see more flashes from Dominic Robinson. Let's see Terrell Lewis continue to make that push for a roster spot. And let's see Travis Gibson force the Chicago Bears to keep him around. They put him fourth string on their unofficial depth chart. He came out last week and said, hell no, I don't belong down there. I was a starter on this team last season, and I'm going to show you and 31 other teams that I'm, I don't want to say still a starter in the NFL, but certainly still a, a valuable member of your defensive end rotation. And let's not discredit the defensive tackles' role in that pass rush overall. I mean, we saw a little bit of Andrew Billings and not much Justin Jones in that game. Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens played quite a bit. Both guys had a few flashes here and there. Travis Bell as well later in that game. Uh, Andrew Brown got in the mix there. Jalen Harris as well. So, you know, they, they got a lot of different defensive linemen involved and the pass rush came from a lot of different places. Let's see those guys continue to prove the doubters wrong. I mean, the doubters include me. Like you're looking at like, this is not a, this is still not a very proven pass rush. They need to play in the regular season better than we are expecting them to in order for this defense to perform well. And the more they can show out in this preseason, I think the more genuine confidence we can have in them 
to be able to exceed expectations this season and give the Bears a pass rush that can help out this secondary and not make them have to cover for four or five seconds on every play. The fact when you have like an Anthony Richardson at quarterback on the Colts, who's not only like really fast and mobile, but also huge, it's going to stress this group as well to make sure that they finish those pass rushes as sacks and not missed tackles on the quarterback that then become either scrambles for positive yards or completed passes somewhere downfield. I think it's going to be a pretty good test for sure. I also want to see defensively the main starting job still up for grabs. I mean, I know one of the linebacker spots are up for grabs, but there's a lot of injuries there. But we should see cornerback Terrell Smith, the rookie out of Minnesota, get his first preseason reps in this game. Tyreek Stevenson played a lot against the Tennessee Titans. Had one bad play on the, the crossing route that kind of got brought back, bent back on the throwback route that he was over-aggressive in coverage and let up a big completion. But he followed that up by playing really well, physical in coverage, great tackle for, I think, a loss, or at least near the line of scrimmage on a screen pass, had a pass breakup that could have been an interception and really shined and felt like he made some real progress in that competition. That's because Terrell Smith wasn't out there to be able to hold up his end of the bargain. But he's been participating in joint practices against the Indianapolis Colts. That doesn't guarantee that he'll be good to go in this game. But in theory, we should get a better chance to see him in that cornerback competition. And I want to see how the back and forth goes with those two guys in this game. Because the Colts, you know, their wide receiving core is not what I would call like super top heavy, but they do have good depth there, right? Michael Pittman, solid receiver. Alec Pierce, solid receiver. Isaiah McKenzie comes over from the Buffalo Bills as a speedy slot guy, solid receiver, and they just drafted Josh Downs in the third round out of North Carolina. Like, they got four respectable dudes there, for sure. And that'll be a great test, I think, for these young cornerbacks, Stevenson and Smith. And let's see if Smith can make some plays to kind of keep pace with Stevenson as Stevenson has kind of been the guy who, you know, we all get to see that in the preseason game. Only the media members and fans in attendance at training camp practice really get to see you know, what, what Smith has done so far, but, you know, if he makes a big pass breakup, a big turnover, a big tackle for a loss, some kind of something that can certainly go a long way perception wise for how that cornerback battle is going to go. And I want to see what Kendall Vildor is able to do. We pointed that out on the podcast this week that as great as Travis Gibson was fighting for his roster spot, really showing out Kendall Vildor didn't get in the game until, you know, a third of the way through the third quarter, he was behind Michael Ojemudia on the depth chart, Jalen Jones on the depth chart, really, you know, the depth, the depth, the unofficial depth chart that listed him fourth string was accurate. He was like bottom of the cornerback rung in the last preseason game, whereas Gibson was a little higher than the unofficial depth chart said. I thought Vilder was fine, but wasn't like spectacular, but solid. But let's see, does he continue to be at the bottom of the depth chart and really confirm like, yeah, this guy's out of here? Or can he step up the same way Gibson did in the last game, make a big play and force the Bears to keep him on their team you know, and be a part of this cornerback rotation and a special teams guy on top of everything else. Really want to see how these younger guys on the defense respond and, and try to follow up what we saw from them in their first game. In particular, a lot of focus for me on the rookies on both sides of the ball. We'll, we'll kind of go through what we want to see from Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Tyler Scott, and, you know, let's not forget Roshan Johnson moving up in the running back rotation next on Locked on Bears. I think the player I was actually most curious to see how he would respond in the second preseason game was Valus Jones after the muffed punt fumble situation and not doing a ton on offense and feeling wondering like 
Is his roster spot even in jeopardy right now? Wanted to see how he would respond. Not going to play in this game. Dealing with some sort of injury, I believe. So we don't get to see Valus Jones respond, which can either be a good thing or a bad thing. It's, I mean, it could be good that he doesn't have a chance to make a mistake, but bad that he doesn't have a chance to kind of correct himself and reprove himself, at least to the fan base, if not also then to the coaching staff. But a number of other rookies I want to see. I know Valus Jones not a rookie, but like Tyler Scott in his place doing the kickoff and punt returns. We'll see what he's able to do with those opportunities. You know, he had a fumble on offense after a screen pass in the first game. I want to see more from him. He's dropped passes at practice, fumbled in the preseason game, hold on to the ball. I mean, he's a rookie, right? And a rookie fourth-round pick. You don't expect a fourth-round pick to come in and perform at a super high level right away. They do sometimes, and it's a nice surprise, but it's not the expectation but he was a guy that I think we were excited about coming out of the draft. I still think very, very bright future ahead of him, of course. So, uh, but, uh, but you know, kind of eager to see it start to come together a little bit more. Not that he becomes a disappointment all of a sudden if he has a kind of slow, quiet rookie season. But, you know, let, I still want to watch for it and hope to see a little bit more from him. Or the other fourth round pick, Roshan Johnson. We know in the first preseason game, ran hard, ran physical, ran impressive. I mean, some David Montgomery-like running from him in that game. And all of a sudden, then this week at practice after that game, starts to get some his, his first reps with the starters, with the first team. You know, in the first preseason game, it was a lot of Khalil Herbert to start, as expected. Dante Foreman comes in and, you know, carries the ball a few times. And then, I, and then Tristan Ebner and Travis Homer both got into that game before Roshan Johnson did. And then Johnson, I think, seemed to do the most with that opportunity and now has earned greater opportunities. So then against the Colts this time, is he the third running back on the field? Does he get in even sooner? You know, if how much do Herbert and Foreman play, even if only, you know, select starters are going to be involved in this process? Do we get another healthy dose of Roshan Johnson? And does he continue to look like a guy who is going to demand playing time based on what he does at practice and in the preseason, that he's going to play too well to leave him on the bench during the beginning of the regular season. Again, fourth-round pick, we're not going to set starters' expectations for him, but the more he kind of plays out, the more better opportunities he gets, let's see him fully take advantage of those. Or how about the two defensive tackles drafted in the second and third round, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens? We saw last week Pickens had a sack, really nice stunt where Dominic Robinson cut inside, Pickens kind of looped through on the outside, got to the quarterback, brought him down. A little harder to bring down Anthony Richardson, like we mentioned earlier. And, and with Pickens, right, it's about consistency and taking the flashes and being able to do those a little bit more often. Let, let's see if he can get another flash play in there and give us an indication that he could be a guy that rotates in and has a few surprise plays here and there that the opposing offensive line you know, leaves him on one-on-one because -on -one you're more worried about Ngakwe and Walker and whoever, and, and Pickens can kind of take advantage. And Jervon Dexter, still very raw at the defensive tackle position. And I don't need him to come out in this game and have three sacks. But I do want to see him come out in this game and improve his technique and his pad level in particular. Watch closely when he comes out of his stance. So often against the Titans, and we've seen it at practice, he stands straight up and then engages with the offensive lineman instead of coming low out of his stance to make the contact with lower pad level to then better utilize all the strength he has in his core and his lower body, utilize then the length he has and strength he has in the upper body to create that sort of separation with the offensive lineman in front of him, drive them back and then shed them that way. Like that's what's going to make that. That's what can take him to that next level and really fulfill that potential. You can't expect him to have just all of a sudden already figured it out by the second preseason game. 
but can we see the technique start to be a little bit more consistent, specifically that first part of just coming out of the stance low and not just standing straight up? He's got preseason game tape now to look back on and say, man, I could have done this, this, and this differently and would have had success there had I been able to fire out a little bit more quickly and a little bit more low out of that stance. So that's the other thing I really want to see from that group. Like where where can we start to see that progress from them from a technique standpoint? Because like, again, in a preseason game, it's really important to keep in mind or, or just to remember that, you know, they're not game planning for the Colts. Usually you don't really have any sort of intel on your opponent. They've been practicing against them this week, so there's a little bit more you're working with, right? But you're not calling like a specific set of plays that you've specifically devised in order in order to score quickly on them or whatever it might be. You're running plays that you kind of just want to practice, right? You want to work through scenarios and you're not necessarily trying, you know, your absolute hardest in terms of preparation and play calling to win these games. And so it's not always like play calling is not always something that is going to be tailored to your best benefit in this game. So then most of the value in evaluating preseason comes from watching individual players, looking at their individual technique and individual performance. It can be hard when you've got half a starting offense or half a starting defense to then expect all 11 guys to play like one cohesive unit when it's groups of guys that haven't really been practicing together all that much and haven't really played with that exact combination. You might have, you know, certainly on the offense, there's going to be uh, different combinations of the offensive line that haven't really all played that five-man group together. Different wide receivers. I don't think we'll see DJ Moore. So then different receivers. Defensively, the defensive line is going to be a lot of different combos. Different linebacker combos that maybe don't have a lot of snaps together. And so to expect those guys to really flow as one collective unit is not necessarily as realistic. Or you shouldn't expect as refined quality of play collectively. So then you have to look individually. Okay, what kind of technique does Jervon Dexter have? Regardless of what the other three linemen do, you know, regardless of whether the stunt it, it works really well, what is does he do his job? You know, who cares if the other guy doesn't do their job? Let's look at him specifically. What kind of technique and performance is he able to do based on what he was asked to do? The same thing would have been true for Justin Fields. We talked about that a little bit last week, but for, for PJ Walker too. Like, okay, does he put the ball in the right spot even if the receiver doesn't catch it or the receiver runs to the wrong spot or the offensive line has a breakdown here. What is he able to do individually, even regardless from some of the other players on the team? Like I think back to last week, PJ Walker's interception, when he tried to throw it to Equinemius St. Brown, Brown ran it a little bit more flat to the, like more of an out route. PJ Walker threw a little bit more of a corner route, a little more vertical based on the coverage. It looked like Equinemius St. Brown was correct there. And so then it looked, reflects more poorly on PJ Walker, but some of that's just being on the same page and making the same reads. And it's not as simple as just like, Oh, you know, terrible play by both guys or however you want. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not as simple as just like, as just blaming like, okay, this is all around bad. It's like, well, no, let's, let's look at why. And let's look at individually what they did to understand what happened on that play. That's going to be the main takeaway from this second preseason game. You can be sure we'll break down everything we see in that game for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. That'll be coming out for you Monday morning in your podcast feed. If you want something immediately after the game, I will be doing a live stream in the Bleacher Report app, the BR app, immediately after the game for a little half hour breakdown of what we just saw live. So if you want to tune into that, you got to download the Bleacher Report app. But five minutes after the game wraps up, we will be live in there. But otherwise, we'll break down all our takeaways for you on Monday's Lockdown Bears. So then you got to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Lockdown Bears podcast your first listen today. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, 
your team every day. You got to tune in every day. We love our everydayers that make us their first listen five days a week because then, you know what? Every single day, they get another opportunity to bear down.